You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. I know what I have memorized. I know what is now repeated by the other world bringers. The two are not the same. All right, chapter 45 and 46. Oh boy. What is Quan implying? <laughs> is he implying that the other world bringers are, might be preaching something that is against the religion? All right, so 45 here. We get the Sazed point of view, and Tim and Tindwell have been studying now, apparently for like a week straight. Sazed has is waking up after taking a nap, and apparently Tindwell had so so much wakefulness stored in one of her metal minds that she's able to stay awake for a week straight, which is just crazy to me. But they start finding connections to the Hero of Ages and other lore. They talk about a religion for Hellenium where they the they actually mention the hero of ages too just by a different name and they are getting they're nerding out they're having fun connecting all the strings and trying to figure out man this might not just be a terrace only prophecy or maybe it is and it bled into the other religions whatever it's being but if that's the case it would lend credit to why the terrace prophecies the hero of ages could not be, might not be a terrorist person, right? It could actually be someone who's not of terrorist descent if it's not only a terrorist religion thing. And I think that's kind of what they're pointing at right now. But they have a discussion on whether or not religions are good. And Tyndall both basically states that while she thinks it's a good, like religion overall is good, she does not like the idea that Sazen believes in them. And he ultimately does because she goes, you actually believe that Vin is the hero of ages and says it's like, I don't know, but yes. <laughs> That's basically his answer. I don't know, but yes. Um, she's uh, says it's like, well, Tendul, then why, why do you like religion then? Why are you listening? Why are you making beliefs in the hero of ages at all in the deepness if you don't believe in this? So she goes, no, you know, religions are just basically information on a threat that's been passed down and become legend. So like, I don't believe in the religions themselves, but I do believe that maybe the deepness, the hero of ages and all that, that is a thing that came down because it is information on how they defeated it the first time and it just eventually became legend. And so there's information to be had in it. Which, Tindul's very wise because we see that with the Ska and the Mist Wraiths and everything like that. We saw that playing out in real time, essentially. So they had... So they were going through essentially the references in the documents and Tendril finds that one of the things they've been referencing, the, the rubbings by Quan that, that the says it has, the epigraph essentially found in Saren, the last sentence had been torn out. And they start to freak out, like, who could have done this? You know, uh, Tendril's like, I've been awake for like a week straight. I've only left for a couple of minutes. And when I was gone, you were in here. How could this possibly have been done? And so they start to run through and try to find the other documents that reference the same thing. And every single document that they found that references the rubbings in any way, shape, or form, the last sentence, the last same sentence 
has been pulled out. Even from one that has a paper, it's like the center of the paper. Yeah, yeah. Even even with yeah with the that that statement ending in the center of the paper, it's like cut out of the center of the paper, and they were just uh, like torn, like like just flabbergasted. Exactly what I just happened to me <laughs> right yeah. there. Um, but they're like, why why is this the case? Why is this the case? Don't the, whoever did this? Don't they just know we know? And Sazu's like, yeah, I know. It's literally in my metal minds. I know exactly what the sentence says. And it's like, Alindi must not reach the well of ascension. He must not take the power for himself. Why is this torn away? Do the do whoever's doing this? Do they not know that keepers have our metal minds? Like we're not going to forget this. So why is this happening? And right as they're thinking this, then arrives, and I think it's hilarious. We see Tendril and. Says it both hulk up immediately start start releasing strength and they turn ready to fight Vin and Vin's like oh my bad did I scare y'all and it's like well says it tells Vin to keep an eye out for anyone suspicious and that something's you know moving on and Vin basically excuses Tendril and they talk about Ellen and the girl troubles and the relationship troubles and everything and Says it basically call you know figures out that there's another person. She figures out Vin's actually considering Zane. It is actually a love triangle. <laughs> She's actually considering Zane, mm-hmm. and says it straight up in like the most says it way possible. Basically calls her an idiot. <laughs> I, th- I think it was great. Uh, straight up is just like, I think what you're doing is dumb. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think what you're doing is dumb. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Because uh, she straight, she straight up says he he goes, why would you consider anyone but Ellen with how like great of a man Ellen is? And Vin's like, I don't know, man. Like, it just ain't there. But he does realize that she's talking about the other Mistborn. Yeah, and so yeah, that that's that. And Vin's like, well, I just I need to think about it more. Thanks, says it and leaves. And Tendril, of course, is eavesdropping because she can hear real good. And she comes out, and here's something. I, I wrote this sentence down because I loved hearing this. Tyndall just straight up mentions, he goes, I would be a lot more comfortable if our Mistborn did not have the volatile emotions of a teenage girl. And the thing I want to highlight here is she said, if our Mistborn. Mm-hmm. She has chosen a side. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. She has chosen. She has thrown in with Ellen, says it in the, in the squad. Because, I mean, that's how the, that's how the crew mentions her. They all would say, I would feel better if our Mistborn wasn't this, or, you know, we have our Mistborn. And she goes, our Mistborn. I I just thought that was huge to hear. And then Tendril mentions, you know, that she raised 15 daughters and that none of them are actually stable at that age, which I thought was just a funny funny throwaway. And says it's like, well, good news for you then that Vin didn't realize you were eavesdropping, huh? (laughs) She's like, I guess so. And so... There's a knock at the door, and says like, "Did you order food?" And uh, and Tindall's like, "No." And then Ellen walks in and goes, "All right, excuse me, Tindall, get out of here. I gotta talk to Sazen." And Tindall like rolls her eyes and leaves. And just like a sitcom, Ellen comes in talking to Sazen about Vin, and Sazen just gets to smile and kind of laugh about it on the inside, and basically gives him the great advice of just let Vin figure things out. You know, y'all are good for each other. I'm co- I'm confirming Ellen. Y'all are good for each other. Just let Vin fill things out. And 
Season mentions that, oh, we think, you know, basically gives a very quick recap of what they've been studying. And Ellen's like, all right, well, I have other things I have to attend to now. Give me the full rundown when you're done. And then he goes, all right, Tindall, you can come back in. And Tindall comes in looking embarrassed and he goes, but, uh, but how? And he, he's just like, you know, don't underestimate me. And <laughs> just leaves. And I think that's really funny too. But we learned that the pronoun for the hero is actually gender neutral. It's just always been assumed it, assumed was, a it was a he, essentially. And so Sazed goes, well, this settles it. I have to get Vin out of here, which means I need to get Elend because the f- city's going to fall. And Sazed believes she's the hero and that she's too important to lose. So that's the end of 45. 46, we get Breeze's point of view. And we learn that Breeze is a full-blooded noble. What? Whoa, yep, what? He grew up as a noble and all of it, yeah. That makes a lot of sense on how he acts. Everyone thinks he's a ska, but he's a full-blooded noble who just decided that he liked the way the Scott did things better. Which I actually think uh, Sazed actually called him Lord Ladrian at one point in Final mm. Empire. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and then he's just like, he's like, don't call me that breeze. Yeah. Wow, I didn't catch that. Yep. That's, dang, okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. But um, he just realized that he goes like, both the Skull Underground and the Noble Court are, are equally as brutal, just in different ways. And I prefer the directness of the Skull Underground compared to the, the shady background of the court. Mm-hmm. But we learn why he's so good at what he does. He's imitating noblemen. He, he is a nobleman. Mm-hmm. There it is. But uh, he talks about how he's he doesn't want anyone to know that now. You know, he hopes that they never, because he doesn't want them to look at him any differently, which I completely understand. He's like, I'm not. But uh, Orion and Breeze are together now. We get that little bit before he leaves. He's like, I should feel guilty about this. But, you know, we learn based on, though, is that Breeze isn't being a creepy old man. Uh, Orianne is like hardcore simping for Breeze mm-hmm. and even using rioting to get to get what she wants here. But um, Breeze got a letter and he's like i know exactly what this looks like he he basically he did the sherlock holmes detective where he looked at it he goes it was hastily written it was double sealed which means no he didn't want you know whoever wrote this didn't want anyone opening it by accident and blah 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 blah. And he realizes that says it is alone and he goes through it his head and he just goes can i trust says of course i can trust says but why is he doing this why is are we meeting why am i meeting without other people other members of the crew and he even mentions we see his loyalty because he even mentions that if this was anyone else but Sazen, he would have gone straight to Ellen to report them, didn't even go to the meeting. He shows how loyal he is, right? So Breeze comes in and he's talking about all his feelings about how he wants to run, <clears throat> how, but he can't now because he feels responsibility because of what Kelsier did. And uh, he just goes, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and figure this out. And he starts, comes in immediately, starts basically telling Sazed everything he's doing wrong about being sneaky and how he's not actually being sneaky. And then it's like, you're, you know, basically calls him out for being bad. Why are we meeting behind our friend's back? And then clubs comes in and does the same thing. And then ham comes in and then docks and comes in and he goes, Oh, we've invited everyone, but Ellen didn't bit. And <clears throat> the group ends up using this as a, a therapy session. Cause they're all freaking out about, What's going on in Breeze is even in his mind going like, yep, Sazed, what would you expect? They're turning on each Doxon and Hammer fighting. Doxon wants to give the city over and work for Lord Penrod now that Ellen's not king. Ham's like, we're going to die, you know, that we shouldn't even be doing that. We should just go down fighting. 
And Breeze is like, yep, Sazed, you know, this is what the crew looks like. You know, they can hold it together for everyone else, but once they're amongst friends, our backs are to the wall, we're cornered. This is how people are going to be, and he's trying to soothe them all, and then he hits them with a really hard soothing, and Dachshund's like, hmm. And he's like, of course, I'm soothing you all. Y'all are being a bunch of idiots, and I'll shut up. And Dachshund's like, all right, I'll shut up now. <clears throat> and Sazed comes out and talks about what the, you know, the meeting's about. You know, Clubs finally explains to everyone what he knows. Straff's going to march away. The Coloss are going to crush the city. Straff's going to come in at the last second and defeat the Coloss and be seen as liberator. And they're like, well, this kind of sucks. And says it's like, well, we're here, actually. <clears throat> or, or what's, sorry. He says, uh, they're like, what was this for? Then Ham Freaks out goes, what was this for? What was this for? We're just going to get crushed. And says it explains, well, you know, even if we get crushed, we were the first stepping stone. In the future, people are going to be able to look to what we did, and it's going to inspire more rebellion. And now they won't have something as daunting as the Lord Ruler to overcome. They'll just have a government. And that will be easier, and it will be done in the future, etc. And says it's like, points out, you know, because he's used to, it says in the last chapter, or a couple of chapters ago, Tindril and him are used to, the keepers are used to starting work that they're never going to be able to finish. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's basically saying here. Y'all might not be used to this, but we've started something that we're not going to be able to finish, but someone down the road will. <clears throat> and I think if, what I find that's super interesting is Ham straight up asks Breeze. He goes, Breeze, I could use some more confidence here. And Breeze is like, oh, of course. And starts like soothing away his worry and everything, which that's not Ham. <laughs> mm -hmm. up to the point we've got to this point they're all terribly scared scared but like at this point Stacey goes alright here's the real reason for the meeting we're all gonna stay here and die and everyone's like alright we're gonna stay here and die but well, it was kind of a funny thing because Breeze goes, they're, they're like, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here. And Breeze is like, I'll go. Is it too early to volunteer? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm only joking. Clearly, the only people you're going to let leave are the ones you didn't invite. Yeah. And then that's what it says. It's like, yep, Vin and uh, we're, we need to get Vin out of the city. And he basically explains, stop calling her the hero of ages, that she's the hero of ages. And the group's like, well, we don't buy into that crap, but they're just happy that they might get someone out of the crew alive. And so they, so one of them goes, you know, oh, well, she won't leave without Ellen. He goes, exact, precisely. We need to get Ellen out, too. <clears throat> and then and they're, they're talking about it. And then Stacey's like, like, well, maybe we should send Spook, too, because Spook could be an excellent spy to help them in the future with what they're going to do. And, of course, Clubs loves that idea. He's a grump, but he's not going to. He's going to be happy to get his nephew out alive. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so. Breeze basically says it best. He says that they all came in here scared out of their minds, including himself, but they were all able to accept death because they could see that at least they were getting the youngest members of the crew out alive. And that was going to be a win in itself, even if they end up failing everywhere else. <clears throat> but uh, with that, we get to Vin's point of view. Which, by the way, the group that the final group that they were going to get out. Breeze wanted Orianne in there and Sazed wanted Tindwell. The final group that they're going to try to get out of the city with some plan, essentially. Is uh Vin, Ellen, Tendwell, and Orianne. Spook. And Spook. And the plan, uh and yeah, they're going to fool them. That's basically what they're gonna do. 
But we get a Vin point of view. <clears throat> and she feels the mist spirit in a larger, vaster sound thumping away. And she's just thinking to herself about how for every one good story they've had of being good working, there's like 12 stories of being a terrible person working. And she compares herself to Kelsey, essentially. She's like, Kelsey succeeded in everything, but he was a terrible person. You know, everything he succeeded in came about with him doing something as quote unquote bad guy, not being good. And so Vin goes into like the secret chamber and critic Shaw and she just kind of looks around and she sees that the place, you know, the place was built to remind Rashik of his home. She points that out. <clears throat> and she's just thinking to herself, why would Rashik, if he was so homesick, why would Rashik build his his capital not in Terrace? It just doesn't make sense. But she goes, uh, I need to decide who I'm going to be. Will I be with Elender Zane? I need to make the choice. And then we skip to a Zane's point of view. And the people, people try to kill him. Assassins try to kill him, but he had paid someone to, to, I think strike a spike or something like, like a tent spike in the ground to make a noise to warn him. And he wakes up to all the assassins and he kills all of them. And they end up being Straff soldiers. And he's like, well, Straff always did like to play with dangerous tools. And he goes to confront him and Straff sweating out of his mind. And he basically just goes, and he tries to beg and plead, I'll give you this, I'll give you that, I'll announce you as my son, I'll make you my heir, I'll do that, that, that. And Zane just goes, shut up. You're going to get what you want, do what you said you were going to do, leave, let the Kolos sack the city, come in afterwards, you're good to go. And he's like, but Vin, and he's like, ah, me and Vin are leaving tonight. You know, good luck. And Strauss like, why are you letting me live? And he's like, well, because you're my father and I love you. Despite everything, that's why I'm letting you live. And so Zane goes to find his mist cloak, which we've always up to this point have heard that he's never worn one. But he goes to find his mist cloak, and he's never worn it because it was the only gift his, that Straff ever gave him, and it was too precious to him to soil through using. And he also didn't like the fact that the mist cloak ran over a spike in between his shoulder blades, sticking out of him. That's the end of chapter forty-six. So the big mystery here, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that happen here that is like WTF, but like the big mystery here was like this disappearing of the sentence in chapter 45. Um, the one sentence that just like was popping off of all the papers. Um, it's like, it, it seems like someone just went in and tore it until you get to that one where the paper was locked in the chest and it was ripped out from the middle of the paper. And it's all the same sentence. Alindi must not reach the well of ascension. He must not be able to take the power for himself. And again, it's weird that anyone would do this because surely they would know that these are two keepers that they would have had everything like stored up. So why? And if they're going to destroy something, why not destroy all the papers? It makes no sense. Yeah, no, it actually doesn't make sense. When I think about it, I'm trying to even make guesses myself and it's like, this seems to just come out of nowhere. What the heck is going on? I mean, and I, I don't know. Like it's, it, it's clearly intentional. It's clearly not an accident. Um, but like from what we can tell, there's no way that anyone would have been able to have access to these papers except for Sazed or Tendril, unless one of them did it. But I mean, 
it seems... I mean, the, the prime suspect could be Tyndall because up to this point, it talks about how Tyndall points out the only two people who have been in here are me and you, Sasit, who could have done this. But Sasit's been the one who's had to sleep because he used all his wakefulness in his trip to Luthadel and he hasn't had time to save any more up. Whereas Tyndall, it is said that she has been awake for a week, a week at this point because she had so much stored. But again, just ran, taking out one sentence out of it is just it's just bizarre. Um, I think you know, we finally get a confirmation about the love triangle. Vin, you know, says like, hey, I kind of feel like this other guy is more what I am. And this is this is her thinking, talking about like her street rat self. Like she's talking about, you know, he's not just a misborn, but he's like broken the same way I am. Like he's he understands like what it means to be in the position that I'm in. Ellen has no idea. Like he's just, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I've read about this moment a bit on Reddit at times about how some people see it as kind of like a weird thing. They kind of didn't really enjoy that it ended up being confirmed. I'm not going to say much more, obviously, because uh, we can get into a lot of spoiler territory there. But one thing that I think I wanted to point out that what you exactly said, I think, wrapped up perfectly. A lot of people saw this as, wow, this love for Zane comes out of left field. What the heck? And then I don't think it's love, though. I think it's what you said. I think it's she's like, this person will understand me is the thing she like this person understands how i'm broken because they were broken in the same way right and like as far as a long-term thing makes more sense than ellen which makes i don't even logical i I don't even think she loves him that's the thing i don't think think she's i think she probably is a little bit infatuated with him i think he's that's what i'm saying though i think it's this person i think i think it's it's like a false false emotion though because like she's tricking herself into thinking she has feelings for this person because they can connect on something uh, maybe maybe i mean it could I, be a codependence I, I, thing too she just needs something to lean on well that's what i mean it's like what i mean is is that she like she'll look at it logically as like okay if i would if i removed emotion from this then ellen doesn't make any sense because mm-hmm. you know there's so many reasons it's gonna it would fail and i'm just setting myself up for failure now zane on the other hand makes a whole lot of sense and probably would work out long term. Whether or not they, he, she, he's clearly not on the same emotional level as he, as Ellen is, you know, with her. But it makes perfect sense that that would be that way. And also, almost certainly, she's at least enjoying or feeling like some level of connection, you know, with the fact that he is a misborn, that he can understand the powers, and mm-hmm. he is, in some ways, getting into her head. But what he's saying also makes perfect sense because he's right. People are using her. They do see her as this, that, and the other, whatever. And he is the only one that can really kind of understand, like, hey, this is, I, I get it. Like, I, I'm, in, I'm kind of in the same position. I'm, like, letting you know I'm struggling with this, too. And I understand it. Ellen's never going to be able to understand where you came from or what you have to deal with or what kind of powers you have. So, I mean... I, I don't know. I know that some people will kind of kind of bagged on it, but I also understand that like it hasn't been like super em- emphasized here. Vin no. is struggling with this, but this is more her struggling with her identity. Yeah, this exactly. Is, this is her saying, "I'm not the person that Ellen needs. I'm not the uh, person that Ellen would ever want." So there's, I should just abandon this idea, and that's just her. That's that's just a manifestation of that. No, a hundred percent agree. Um, we get the the get the sitcom moment. I I did think that was funny that Ellen comes in and here's here's the real here's a meme. This is like a popular meme. Um, 
Sazed tells Ellen about this um, uh, analogy, essentially like the locket and the key. Mm -hmm. And it's like if separated, they seem they're completely useless from each other. It's only when they find out. In fact, they would find that they're opposites. One is locked, one opens locks, you know, whatever. Um, But it's when they come together that you realize that they're perfectly made for each other. Mm -hmm. And then Ellen goes, Sazed, you should write a book. Uh, That's what the one of the wisest things I've ever heard. So Brandon patting himself on the back here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that 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 is a meme. There, I don't see. I don't know if you've seen it on Krim posting with the uh, Brandon putting the medal on yeah, himself, yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah, medal yeah. of honor on himself. Yeah. So I mean, that was a. I I thought that was funny. I was like, ah, oh, yes, I got that. Um, I understood that reference. Um, but a little bit of a throwaway. But we find out Breeze is a noble, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of just threw his lot in with the ska. Um, but says it essentially is like, look, we're not going to survive. And what I love, this is one of my favorite moments in all of movie history is in, I think it's the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and they're staring down Davy Jones and this huge bit, bit British, uh, definitely the armada. third one. Cause when you said the fourth one, I was going to be like, you're insane. Third. That, that one sucked. Okay. I thought they, yeah. Cause they split the Thir- third three, one. Three third is one. at yeah, world's yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. At world's end. Yep. And they're staring it down and they're like, they said, someone says something like, I'm not going to die for that. And then she goes, then what shall we die for? Like basically like we're going to die. So what do we want to die for? And that's like this moment, yep. like where he's like, we're going to die. We all know it. It's like, we've just been prolonging the inevitable, but we need to save Ven and Ellen. Like mm-hmm. Ellen is going to be integral in setting up the future rebellions. And Ven, you know, is all, it could be the hero of ages. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get them out of here because it's way more important that they survive than anyone else here. Um, and I find it funny that basically all of them were in lockstep and like, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Breeze kind of like jokingly, not jokingly, you know, said like, hey, can I be one of them too? Um, but he, uh, you know, very quickly understood like, hey, yeah, this this is, you know, we I think they've all been flirting with the idea that they're probably going to die just mm-hmm. because like there's no way that they, they've been f- facing, you know, insurmountable odds this whole time. So they're all kind of stuck on that. So this idea that they could probably save someone and have, they have a good reason for it makes perfect sense. Um, but the big thing was, you know, Zane coming in and Straff had in previous chapters said like, hey, I'm going to have to kill him. Ultimately, I'm just like, it's too late. He's too dangerous. And of course, he had a plan and set in place for in case he did. And Straff, this is the first time I think we've ever seen him like really like he's he's he, he's not in control anymore. And he starts just rattling off. I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. Yada, yada. And Zane's like, the city is yours. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, the city is all fine. I'm going to take Vin. So she's not going to be a threat to you. And, you know, it's done. You and I are done. We're, we're let's just wash our hands and we'll be we'll, we'll, we'll get over this. And we find out, like, not only that that Zane does have a miscloak, that he, why he doesn't wear it, he actually treasures it. And this is kind of one of those things where it's like we kind of see like a little bit of like a little kid here with Zane. Mm-hmm. He loves his father. That's why he can't kill him. He understands it's not it's wrong. And the one prized possession he has is a gift from his father, which was his miscloak. And he didn't want to like mess it up essentially. And yeah, we find out that it's also uncomfortable for the spike that's sitting, in, you know, in his back. 
Um, which, you know, again, another guy's crazy. So he's got all sorts of weird things going on, but, um, like we're setting up Zane to like have like some major movements here because he already went, he's already, Vin must feel betrayed by him, even though she's, she's, you know, kind of simping for him a little bit. He's, she's got to understand, like he set her up to go attack set. Yeah. Um, and so, like, regardless of all that, he's gonna have some some issue whenever he comes up comes up uh, with Ven. But in the next chapter, we're gonna find out exactly what happens when Zane confronts Ven. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com/ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.